This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. From the After Nine Podcast Studios, this, this is After Nine with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello. How are you? Oh, fabulous yourself. Oh, there's so much to talk about here, Kat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Where do I want to start here? Okay, we'll do this first. Let's start with TikTok. And over the last couple of days in After 9, we've been talking about TikTok because I think it's really silly that governments are banning TikTok from government-issued phones. I I think it's dumb, and I think it's just making it inconvenient and probably going to cost the government employees a decent amount of money if they care that much about TikTok that they got to get another phone. There's a lot of reasons you can go back and listen. But TikTok's in the news. Oh, and by the way, Ontario still hasn't banned it on Ontario government phones. And I'm actually kind of happy about that. I don't know if they will. If they don't, I think that's good, smart, took a step back and thought about it thinking. So good job, Doug. Um, TikTok's in the news for another reason. They're making a change to try and limit screen time for young people. And I'm going to suggest this is a good move. I mean, I think so too. At least it shows or at least from the outside, it shows that they're trying uh, to to help. And they actually consulted with professionals. And by that, we mean experts um, in children's psychology and all those things, like all, all the proper resources they used just to confirm that six, no more than 60 minutes should really, should really be there for those kids at that age bracket. Now we know that it's kind of hard between that and all the other things that kids do on a screen to limit screen time to an hour. But at least if we know that we can try to limit TikTok to an hour or less a day, then that then that's good. So I think that there's nothing wrong with what they've done here. However, there's loopholes. I mean, there's ways around it. If let's say, let's use a 16-year-old, for example. So the 16-year-old, what would happen is they're under 16. So instantly, whatever um, way of method of communication you've used to sign on to TikTok, email, text message, et cetera, you would get a code. So after 60 minutes of screen time, in that 24-hour period, you're going to get a code pop-up. Hey, you got to answer the code if you want to keep going, but just so you know, you've already spent 60 minutes. Are you sure? And it really allows them to make a conscious decision of, do I really need to spend more than an hour on this app? I've spent already an hour of my time today on it. And if they're certain, then they just take the code and they enter it and away they go for another half hour until they're, I believe they're prompted again after half hour. For those under the age of 13, it's a little bit different. This will be a parental code. So the parent will receive the code in order to allow another 30 minutes of screen time. Are are like 12-year-olds and 11-year-olds on it that long? Seriously? Uh, You know, it wouldn't surprise me. It's real easy to get sucked down that rabbit hole. I mean, I I don't use TikTok that often. though. Like I'm talking about 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds. What else have they got to do? I mean, I think that that's well, their entertainment. Underst- they don't even watch TV as much as they use TikTok. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. But they're, I don't know, like for me, I, this is just me personally, okay? I don't care. Whatever you want to do with your kid. Totally cool. I feel like I'd at least make them switch it up. I am not about like limiting screen, hard limits on screen time. Because I believe that there's positives in some screen time activities. I totally do. I, I don't. And also for parents to have a break. I get that. I totally do. But on one particular app, spending more than an hour at once, especially, no, I'd be like, switch it up a little bit. You know what I mean? If, if let's say you're having a chill day and you're totally cool with them doing whatever, I'd still be like, get off TikTok. You've been on there for a solid hour. Like, take a break altogether. And then maybe next time you switch up the screen, that's when you play 
your on your switch or something like that but fuck you don't need to be on tiktok for that long and i'm on tiktok like i'm on the fucking app and i'm saying that <laughs> so you know what i mean like i don't know like i would divvy it up and I, by the way i mean this on for all social platforms if i had a kid who was instagram obsessed i would say that fa- i don't think any kids are facebook obsessed <laughs> but whatever like be real like i don't care snapchat what app you're using I would still be like, okay, like ask yourself if you need to spend that much time on one solid app though. I understand kids being on it. That's the way they communicate. Do you know how many, the most requests I get for Cameo, because I'm on Cameo, are for kids. Really? The most requests are parents for their kids' birthday parties, for their kids' birthdays, sorry. I did one for a 13-year-old. I'm doing one today for a 16-year-old. That is the majority of the stuff I get. And then I get some other stuff too, which is fun. It's always fun doing those, but it is uh, amazing how many under 18 uh, requests I get. So I know it's popular. It's it's not that it's just that, yeah, I think it's okay to like to limit stuff and maybe even just take a break. Maybe it's so it's not consecutive. Cause I think that's the problem is do we need to consecutively be on it for longer than an hour? That's a long amount of time. Here's a theory that's being floated out there by some people. And I'm going to repeat it. Cause I'm wondering if there's a little bit of validity validity to this. There does seem to be uh, an attack on TikTok specifically. And whether they do or don't collect more or less information than the other platforms, whether they do or don't share that information with the Chinese government, okay, we can sort that out some other time. That's up to the privacy experts. But all of these platforms are collecting personal information. All of these platforms have a downside, but only TikTok is being centered out. And I'm wondering if that's because they're trying to deflect away from this election stuff. There was election interference and and it came from China. And because TikTok is Chinese, there's a thought that part of the reason the government is so heavy handedly going after TikTok is to try and make it seem like they're not in bed with the Chinese government. I don't know that TikTok is the only platform here that needs to be centered out. If you ban TikTok, why are we not banning Instagram? Facebook, Twitter. Maybe we should just have an across-the-board policy. No social media platforms, huh? Maybe we should do that. Oh, boy. I mean, that money, money though, money makes the world go round, and that would not happen. No, I mean, there, that would never happen. Well, not to mention that people make money on the apps, too. So there wouldn't just be an uproar from Instagram, from Meta, for example, and TikTok, whoever it might be. There wouldn't just be uproar there. There'd be uproar with those content creators, um, those advertisers, investors, etc. I am... Um Uh, I'm going to take you back to yesterday. There's uh, committee hearings happening in Ottawa right now where they're probing whether or not there was interference in the last couple of elections. And yesterday they had some CSIS people on there and they had some uh, national intelligence, security intelligence people on. They had the RCMP, Elections Canada. And and there's one thing in particular that I want to highlight for you because this seems to be getting a lot of attention from yesterday. Listen to this. How many times was the Prime Minister briefed about Beijing's interference in the 2019 and 2021 elections. Uh, The Prime Minister would have been briefed on foreign interference in the elections multiple times between 2019 and 2021 and 2022. Uh, We will endeavour to get you those dates. So you will undertake to provide the dates and the agencies and those involved in briefing Prime Minister. We will uh, endeavor to get the dates for Every you. instance that he was briefed in respect of Beijing's election. I will do my best. But again, I was not in this job at the time. 
Wow. I will endeavor. <laughs> I will endeavor to get it for you. I, I do understand where she's coming from because she's taken on this position mm-hmm. since this happened. And she's got a bit of a mess to clean up now. There's a, so many different moving pieces to this. Some people are blaming the media for even reporting it. It's amazing that now certain people that support the prime minister are accusing the media of being deep state because that was something that happened all through COVID and it was the right that was saying it. It's also amazing that CSIS seems to be leaking information to the media who has picked up on this. And now, by and large, the Canadian public are engaged. More than half of Canadians want a public inquiry into this. But it's remarkable how quickly people from certain political affiliations are now accusing the media of being in on it and accusing our spy agency of being incompetent for leaking this info. Even the prime minister has suggested that he wants to get to the bottom of who's leaking this info. I I thought we celebrated whistleblowers in Canada. This is someone who has come forward with credible information to say that there was interference in our elections. And I'm pleasantly surprised to see that Canadians are taking it very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. New Angus Reid poll out just the other day that said, yeah, Canadians are taking it seriously. They want answers. And the prime minister constantly blowing it off is not helping. There is one more update. The Trudeau Foundation says they're returning a $200,000 donation they received that was linked to the Chinese government. Media reports allege a Chinese billionaire was instructed by Beijing to to donate a million dollars to the foundation back in 2014, just as Justin Trudeau was preparing to run for prime minister. Now they say they're going to give that money back. Man, this is like a book, cat. They could make a movie out of this. Oh, one day they might. I think they will one someday. Day, one day there may be a movie made. Uh, still in Ottawa for a second, although not really in Ottawa. I don't know if you saw this, but Canada's federal bankruptcy trustee released the early numbers for 2023 and said the total number of consumer insolvencies in January was up 33.7%. 33.7% increase from a year ago to just over 9,000 Canadians that became insolvent in one month. Business insolvency filings for January up 55.4%. The superintendent of bankruptcies cited rapidly rising interest rates as one of the key factors. We have another interest rate announcement coming down next week, the week after. Either way, it's coming in the next week or two. Another announcement on interest rates. Yeah. Now, all signs are pointing to it not be, it not moving. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I, you know what? I don't know for certain, but that's what I had been hearing is I, that they're likely not going to budge. Tiff Macklem, that son of a bitch, had Isn't originally- your favorite? Oh, he's just a prick. The, uh- He had said or indicated that in December they would pause the cycle. And I figured for sure, that's a lie. He's going to raise it again. And then people said, well, he's got to stop raising them in January. I mean, good Lord. No, he raised them in January as expected. And, And then he had said, okay, now we're at the end of the cycle. Now some people are saying he might raise them again because in his words, the economy is still too hot. (laughs) he's living in an alternate reality i really really hope that we don't go down that road and raise these rates again even further because it's just becoming so unaffordable for people And, and part of the the reason that they're building so many homes is because homes had become unaffordable as you know well now a report commissioned by environmental advocates so there's a bit of a slant here but they're saying ontario has enough land to build more than 
2 million homes by 2031 without touching the green belt. It's the environmental defense that did this, and they suggested that existing housing capacity is well distributed across municipalities in the Golden Horseshoe. The Ford government set a goal of building one and a half million new homes across Ontario, but they said to do that, they needed to take 7,400 acres of protected greenbelt land and open it up for housing. Who's lying? And why is developing the green belt not the absolute last resort? That I don't understand. I would hope it would be the last resort. I mean, it's not a good look. It's not even good to hear those words that they're opening up the green belt to build. Nobody likes to, like, I feel like nobody likes to hear that except for the people who are making profit off of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't like it. So if there's other options, then of course we need to know that. Prince Harry. And his wife, Megan, hmm. does she have a title now or has she been stripped of everything? No, no, I think they're called, they're still called the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Really? Like formally, but I don't, yeah, yeah. I wonder if Charles knows that because he'll take that shit away real quick. That's how they're, <laughs> that's how they're addressed, like still, for, at least media is addressing it that way. But I couldn't tell you if technically speaking it's supposed to be or not. But we all know the deal. They have not lived on the palace grounds since they pieced out and fled. I, I like <laughs> since they, they fled did, the scene of the crime. They did. They fled to Oprah's house back in like what was that? Twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty. Yikes! I don't even remember. Honestly, anymore. it was it was COVID. Like I remember it was like during COVID, basically, wasn't it? Or right before COVID? I don't know. Ex- I don't know the exact date. We'd have to look it back now because it's all a blur. The last few years with these two and all the stories and all the things. But when they fled, they they left vacant the cottage that was actually gifted to them by Queen Elizabeth. It's called Frogmore Cottage. I know it sounds like a piece of trash, but we all know it's probably a, it's a beautiful home. Correct Lovely. me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Frogmore sound like it's a woodshed by the creek? That's what I picture. Like, I picture, um, you know, like in nursery rhymes, like... <laughs> Like three little pigs and they all go to sh- <laughs> like that's what I picture is like a shitty shack that a wolf could easily blow, huff and puff and blow the fuck down. That's what I picture. But anyway, uh, whatever. It's a lovely spot and and yeah, it was a gift to them though. Um, so it was from the queen, right? It was from the queen after their. It was a wedding present, I believe. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, it was essentially a wedding present to the two of them. So they did live there for a while. You might remember even during the reveal of their. Their firstborn, it was a big thing, and they were in Frogmore Cottage at the time. So they, when they pieced out, they never came back again, and it's been vacant. And when something's sitting there vacant, of course you're going to do something with it. You're not going to like sit there in the thought that maybe they're going to get along again. We all know what happened since then, especially with the memoir and the documentary series and all the other things that have happened. We know that things aren't looking like they even want to go back and live there. Definitely not full-time, but you wonder even to visit if that's a weird thing to do, like... Well, can I still have the place when I come to the UK? Like, no. I I can picture King Charles being like, fuck, no, you can't. Like, you can't do that. So, of course, they're going to give it up. Now, the interesting thing is, apparently, they've, apparently, the space now belongs to Prince Andrew. That's the biggest slap in the face there is. Honestly. We like Prince Andrew even more than we like you. Uh. Well, one thing that I did not know about this story as it was breaking yesterday, and at this point it's just so soap opera-ish that I'm kind of into it again. Apparently, the eviction process started on January the 11th, the day after Harry's memoir, Spare, was published. Yep. So obviously, Harry got their attention. Yes, the king at least heard about it, and no, he's not going to tolerate any bullshit. But what I am wondering is, There's all kinds of leaked reports that King Charles 
really does want the boys to get along and he would like to just live out his existing years because he's pretty fucking old himself. He wants to just live out his existing years in peace and have the whole family in harmony. Because it wouldn't. I mean, what parent wouldn't when they see what's going on around them? You know, like nobody wants to see their kids being separated like this and wondering if they're ever going to speak to one another again. And then what does that do for their kids, right? Those cousins will probably never, you know, get that growing up together bond that a lot of cousins do that are supposed to, in the royal family have previous, right? Like all of those factors come into play. No parent wants that. Even if you hate King Charles, you know, like as a parent, you would never want that for your kids. Agreed. But the fact that Prince Charles really, at the end of the day, just wants his his offspring to get along makes me wonder if taking away Frogmore the day after Spare got published really came down from William and Kate. Because just so you know, mm-hmm. even though Charles just became king and he hasn't even had the coronation yet, the transition process has begun for William and Kate. Eventually, they'll be the undisputed king and queen of England and the entire commonwealth so i'm wondering if they have any influence over that because it seems like william takes this a lot more personally than charles does well i mean yeah he's really talked about the most in the book out of all of them Uh, he barely touches kate which is probably for the best because i think william would probably kick his ass if he did right Uh uh-huh but he does talk a lot about his brother i mean the physical assault that took place if you will you know all those things so that probably hurt him i wouldn't be surprised if it came down from him either but also could you blame him like, yeah, I don't want you on this property. You just wrote a book. You you talked terribly about me and about the rest of the family and everything else. You know, why would you want them to be on that on that ground? Is there any path at all to reconciliation here that you can see? Mm, not not genuine ones, not genuine paths. And by that, I mean surface level. I could see it being like Williams just saying, can we just forget it all? Let's just get along for the sake of getting along. But they're not hanging out. (laughs) They're not hanging out. They're not getting together. They'll be at family functions, if that, at minimum. I don't even think Prince Harry's going to show up to the coronation just with the way things are right now. Like if the coronation was tomorrow, they're not going. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I'd love to think that he would go. I'd love to think that despite all of the other issues that are plaguing that family, that they could put differences aside for two hours so that he could go and watch his father be crowned king. They And they did. Keep in mind when the queen died, they were not, they, all that shit had already happened. Just Spare wasn't released yet. All the shit that happened in the book already happened. The queen was dead. They needed to go to the funeral. What happened? They ended up getting along nice and well enough for that moment of time where all four of them, and by that I mean William, Kate, Harry, and Meghan, trotted outside the gate to go say hello to well-wishers and mourners and everything else. Calculated, though. You know what I mean? That was very calculated to do that, just to show a unity of support for the grandma. Something like that could happen during the coronation, but I truly don't see it. Unless dad died, God forbid. Unless Charles was dead. that would mean be if a, God didn't save the king? If God didn't save the king, <laughs> then I could see Harry, of course he'd want to be there for his father's funeral. I think death is so different, though, than a coronation. A coronation's a bit different. It's like a celebration of the royal family when Harry's not really in any way celebrating a royal family. I'm just wondering if at any point he's second-guessed what's happened in the last three years. If at any point he said to himself, shit, you know, I wish I'd done it differently. I wish I'd pulled my dad aside and said, this is really bothering me. I hate the way things have gone so far. I don't like the way the future looks. Let's make some change together and reform and modernize the monarchy and get all on the same page. I can't imagine 
that it feels good to be evicted by your own father and brother from a property that you got given as a wedding gift. I can't imagine that feels nice. I can't imagine being shunned by the king and queen consort and your own brother and sister-in-law. I can't imagine that feels good. And I'm wondering if at any point they're thinking, we probably should have done this a little bit differently. I think they had conversations. I think they did have private conversations previous to this. It's not like they just up and left and they found out through TMZ that Harry and Meghan were gone from the property. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this was an ongoing thing for a while. And when it started, right when they first started dating, they claim in their docuseries, and you can go watch it if you're at all interested, but basically they claim that it was right from the get-go, right when he started dating Meghan, this American actress. That's all they, they didn't even call her by her name. You're dating an American actress. Like, what are you doing? You didn't even get to know Megan. And it started off wrong from the beginning. But that said, I don't think, I really don't think that has everything to do with, with Harry leaving the royal family because he's alluded to it in interviews before he even met Megan that he wasn't sure that this was a life he even would have chosen for himself. Like, he fully admitted that by himself before he met Megan, for those who always think it's Megan. So that was in his mind for a long time. I just think that the family never thought he would act on it. And that's what took them by surprise. But I'm pretty sure there were probably many discussions made away from grandma. But I guarantee you there were discussions made between he and his dad and his brother, maybe, who probably just were like, uh, pish posh, Harry. I get it. <laughs> Is there but- a difference between a royal eviction and a regular eviction? I assume they don't go to the landlord tenant tribunal or anything like that. Like, does somebody fly <laughs> from the UK with like a scroll or something over to Harry's house and say, yeah. hear ye, hear ye? <laughs> They went to California in a horse and buggy, trotted <laughs> along, opened up the scroll. Prince Harry, <laughs> we have declared you evicted. You're no longer welcome on the premises. <laughs> oh, let's talk about some of the companies that we love to hate or hate to love. Bell Mobility. Oh, son of a gun. All I did was say Bell Mobility and it emo- that invokes that emotional reaction. Mm. Tell us. Mm, they take too much of my money. Both of those companies take some of my money, actually. When are we going to stop fucking around with these companies and with cellular in general in this country? And is somebody going to come out and say, hey, listen, we get it. There's only really three big players in this country when it comes to mobile. So you kind of have a monopoly. But either lower your prices to like the world standard. Get it much, much, much closer to what they're paying in Europe or in America or we're going to come in and shut you fuckers down. Or we're going to come in and break up these companies and we're going to give all your spectrum to all these little companies that they have in the States that are popping up mm-hmm. everywhere selling cell phones for like $4 a month. Where's our Mint Mobile, huh? Where's our Mint Mobile? <laughs> Not that I want to go down that route. No, I know because there's a lot of things that come along with that. There's a lot of cons that come along with that. I hate to say it, but it's true. Well, before I get to the reason we're bringing up Bell Mobility and TELUS, I mean... We all have the option. You can go with a Freedom Mobile or you can go with a this or a that. Yep, yep. But it seems like their coverage map is a little bit limited. And I don't know if I'm ever going to find myself in Kirkland Lake needing 4G (laughs) scrolling speed. But it's going to be an issue if I'm on Freedom. Whereas with Bell or Rogers or TELUS, apparently it works fine there. So, I mean, there are some limitations, but I also have a bit of guilt. And I don't know why I feel guilty for Bell, Tellus, and Rogers, but I'm still hung up on this 
thing that we were told since for years now that, well, they were the ones who built the infrastructure nationwide. They were the ones who put up all the cell towers across the country. They're the ones who have the investment. So they're allowed to charge a little bit more than some of the smaller companies that just come in and piggyback off of the other company's towers. Should I feel bad for Bell and Rogers and tell us that they built all the infrastructure and now other companies want to use their towers? Or should I just take the best deal possible? Because I'm really starting to wonder if I should switch companies. I've been with Bell since I was a teenager. And you're with TELUS, I think, I am with TELUS, yeah. They're raising their rates again. This time it's an increase to roaming fees. If you go to the States and want to use your Bell mobility phone, it'll now cost you $13 a day in America, $16 a day if it's anywhere other than America. TELUS is hiking theirs even more. If you want to go to the U.S. and roam with TELUS, it's a $2 increase to $14 a day and $16 a day in all the other countries. Mm. It's a dollar a day, $2 a day, depending on which company you're with. But it's still more money that they're charging us. I just have a hard time handing more money to these people when we get... Basically the exact same thing as they get in Europe, but we pay way more for it than they do. I've, I'm still waiting to figure out, like, why we pay more. Is it the vast land that we have here in Canada? It's the same as the States, though, really. I mean, it, there's there's just less people, but there's more land. So I don't know if the coverage area-wise it makes it more... Is it because they have so many more independent cellular providers there? Is that why? Well, I mean, the U.S. has got AT&T and they've got uh, uh, T-Mobile and they've got Spectrum Wireless and all those other companies. There are a lot of them that are big companies. I don't know how much infrastructure they built, but I do know that here in Canada, it was mainly Bell and Rogers that built that infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. At what point do I stop feeling guilty about that, though? I mean, yeah, it's a big country. But you guys also have a big monopoly in this big country, and we're paying for it every month. It's crazy how much we're paying. It It is when you – comparables, it is. But I also have to say, just on the other side of things, when I think about what I do with my phone on a given day, I use it for everything. It's uh-huh. my everything. It's my lifeline. <laughs> it really is. I pay with it. I bank with it. I communicate, obviously, with it, and I'm on social, and I do work, and I do whatever – that to me is probably worth a hundred dollars less than a hundred dollars I pay for my own plan. Like if I think about it, I have, uh, we get a company deal by the way with tell us, you know, this, right? What? Yeah. I'll really? tell you. Yeah. Sorry guys. We're just gonna have a personal conversation on the podcast right now. We get like 30, it's a good deal. Like my bill went down by like four, like 40, 50 bucks a month. It's crazy because of the deal that I get. And my husband piggybacks on it too. I've got everything all integrated though with Bell, oh. with my wireless. Okay. And that's another way that they screw you. Oh, well, you, you know, rather than cancel Bell, how about we add on some cable and give you a landline yeah. and, and we'll only charge you an extra $15 a month instead yeah, of an extra 30. That, that is how they get you. But you gotta, you gotta calculate these things. And I just went through this with insurance too. Go back and double check what you're paying and check with the other guys and make sure. Just on this note of like the daily bills. I made one phone call to an insurance company just to check because I'm like, this seems high. Like they changed my rates recently and it seems pretty high. I'm just going to give a phone call just like that. I found out I was spending $60 more a month than I should have been. That's a huge difference. But I remember back in the day, I used to every like six months or eight months get a call from Bell and they'd say, hey, we're just looking at your bill and we found that you could, uh, you're actually paying too much. We can save you money if you switch into this plan or that plan. I don't know why they would do that, but yeah, they definitely don't do that now. Well, they clearly weren't doing it for me. 
They weren't calling to say, hey, you're paying us too much money. Pay us a little less. They were trying to do something that I just haven't figured out yet. Locked like, you into more. They probably saw that your contract's up soon and locked you into more. Because back in the day, you used to be really locked into those contracts. Now it's a little better. Well, there was also some of those old school plans where you got grandfathered in. I remember when it used to cost like 10, 15 cents a text message or you could get unlimited for like... $40 or something like that. I was on that plan for a very long time. And then finally they said, yeah, listen, this is too sweet a deal. We got to kick you off that plan. And I argued with them and fought with them and said, fuck you. And they still kicked me off the plan. Yeah. I feel like I don't owe these people anything. I Maybe it is time to switch. I don't know. But uh, raising the rates again is so tone deaf. Why is everybody raising their prices on everything when people don't have any money? It's crazy what's yeah. going on right mm-hmm. now. Let's switch gears here because there's just a couple more things that I want to mention in this episode. Are, are you familiar with the show Married at First Sight? Oh, boy. No, but I, is it a TLC show? Uh, oh, probably. <laughs> Most of them are. I feel like just by the title alone, I could tell you that what it's probably about. Jess O'Connor, a star from the show Married at First Sight, claims on TikTok that she caught her boyfriend cheating on her with her stepmother. O'Connor, who works as a dental hygienist, alleged the incident took place over five years ago. According to her, she and her boyfriend had gone out for dinner before spending the night at her father and stepmother's house. O'Connor discovered her boyfriend missing from her bed at 5 a.m. and found him sleeping on the sofa with a blanket over him. She later discovered empty champagne glasses and two cell phones in the dining room. She also found her boyfriend's clothes on the floor and caught him wearing her stepmother's underwear. What? Yeah. Well, that took a turn. Giddy up. (laughs) What the fuck? Let's go down this road. By accident or on purpose? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a good question. O'Connor woke her father and stepmother up by screaming, and her stepmother tried to cover up the incident by claiming that her boyfriend had mistakenly taken the underwear from the laundry room. Mm -hmm. She ended the relationship with her boyfriend, and her father left his wife. O'Connor stated that the two handprints on the dusty dining room table, confirmed the affair. <laughs> he fucked her in the dining room? <laughs> Detective work on the d- dusty fingerprints. Holy shit. Wait, where'd you put those dusty fingers, you freaks? Two handprints means they both had their hands oh, on the yeah, table. yeah, for sure. I know how that went down. Yeah. Uh. That's filthy. I just, uh, I don't know. You know, people. That's a That's a good story, though. That's a great story. Terrible for her. Terrible, but funny. Cosmo did a web poll, and they were asking guys, what kinky shit in the bedroom crosses your line? What thing could she do where you're like, whoa, no, stop it. (laughs) 72% of men say they would not be turned on if their girlfriend spanked them with a paddle. Oh, okay, yeah. Hey, we don't really need to bring weapons into this I, thing. We uh, <laughs> Thank we, you for saying that. You know, you're just good old-fashioned hand. Boom. It, it, and even then, consent first, please. Thank you. Even then, like, don't just wind up and go. No. The you, other person might not be interested in that. That could be a total turnoff. Okay, now let me ask you, though. If, if my girlfriend's in the kitchen and she's got nice tights on and her bum looks good, can I walk by as a little... Boom. Well, I don't know. You ask yourself if you want to sleep on the couch or not. 
<laughs> no. I mean, no, of course, of course, each relationship's different. You're, you might know she'd be fine with it, and then you do it. My husband would. My husband would know that I'd be like, just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? As a joke, but as a joke, you know? Uh, so, yeah, we have that kind of relationship. But you don't just, like, wind up and fucking slap in the middle of having sex, like, without... I don't know. It's all you have to consent in the moment, but maybe like get an idea before you go into that situation. Like, can I give you a little spank mm-hmm. and see what happens? And see what happens. I know that's awkward, but like, don't just go doing it. There's a lot of surprise <laughs> shit that can go on in the bedroom. You're right. You should absolutely have these conversations before it goes down that road. Yeah. Before you wind up and on the butt, maybe find out if they like being spanked. Sure. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do like being spanked. But when you bring a goddamn paddle into it, that's too much. Like you mentioned, it is a line, right? It's yes. Like maybe a little tap would have been fine. Why do? Where did you even get this paddle? Is that our good charcuterie board? You know, many, <laughs> que- <laughs> many questions. Uh, again, this is a Cosmo web poll that asks guys where their line is. Do you think guys would be turned on or turned off if randomly girl pulls out some hot wax and pours it on his chest? Ooh. That's one of those fantasy things for a lot of people. Some people really like that. No, I'm going to say most said no, but it was close. 73% of guys say they would not be turned on if their girl dropped hot wax on their chest. Yeah. Again, we're just going to ask one little conversation. We're definitely asking before before we we start lighting shit on fire and pouring the remnants across our partner. Let's find out if they're into that. That would hurt. You need to know. Some people like pain. You got to figure out if that's the person for you, you know? Do you think guys would be turned off or turned on if their girl asked them to call her ma'am during sex? Oh, my God. Is call that, me ma'am. Call me ma'am. It's got to be a turn. It's got to be a turn off. 78% of guys say, yeah, they'd be turned off if their girl said, call me ma'am. Call me ma'am. Why? Is ma'am, I don't know, ma'am seems very old school. Like I would say that to an older lady. Yeah, ma'am is nothing that most people want to be called. If you're a role, if you're a role player, I guess, maybe you're like, you know, go, let's go back to the 1910s and you can call me ma'am or is madam. Is ma'am code for like madam, like a hooker? Well, or? see, and madam would be different than ma'am to me. Ma'am is different than madam. Madam that, yeah, that would, a madam is a madam a hooker or is it like a madam, a version of like a... A madam is like the boss, the at, boss. The hooker, yes, at the hooker at the whorehouse. Yes, a boss at the whorehouse is a madam. <laughs> so like that I'd understand. <laughs> I'm glad we're clarifying all this. So that I would understand if you're doing like some form of role play. But no, that's weird. Do you think guys like lingerie? Thank you, sir, for that. <laughs> <laughs> all sex herein will be ma'am and sir. <laughs> that titty play was good, ma- sir. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, ma'am. Just tuned him up for you. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Do you think guys like lingerie? Yes. Uh, they're actually split on lingerie. Oh, okay. Uh, lingerie is beautiful to look at, but a pain in the ass to get off when right. you want it off. Right, sure. But I'm sure it's also is a pain in the why? ass to put on, too, isn't it? E- yeah, it can be. Yeah, yeah it, I depending imagine. What it, depending what it is. But is that the? do you think that's the reason why, though? Because it's a pain to because take off. Because it's a pain to take off. Is that the reason why? Or do they just prefer just like, no, just be straight up naked. I don't need any like fancy lace. I don't need any of that shit. Me, personally, I prefer nothing at all. Yeah. 
However, I get that there's some guys who like that visualization and stuff like that. I guess it depends how long you're going to be wearing it. I don't think there's any point yeah. in put, putting something yeah. on that you're only going to wear for a that, few minutes. That's what I would say to that because, like, I'll have so I have elaborate ones like things, and I have things that are just quick and easy. And 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 it, unless it's like going to be a hey, no, no one's home and we got all day, I ain't putting that fucking one that's elaborate on. Mm. You know, I'm going to go with the quick and easy to take off one. Where guys did draw the line was with lots of zippers and laces. That's where they said, that's a turn off. 62% of guys say lingerie, okay. But if there's a lot of fucking zippers that I got to undo yeah. and laces that I've got to tie up or untie, we're saying no. Yeah, okay. And, and on that, we wrap up this episode of After 9. We'll be back tomorrow with another fresh edition. You can hear us weekday mornings on Energy 95.3 in Hamilton and Toronto, 91.5 The Beat in Kitchener-Waterloo, afternoons in London on 103.1 Fresh Radio, and evenings in Barrie on Fresh 93.1. And weekends on a bunch of stations, too. We've stopped keeping track of everything. <laughs> <laughs> See you tomorrow, guys. Bye. The third season of The Mandalorian premiered. And, uh, yeah... I love that. You can tell Baby Yoda's gotten super famous because in this one, he just keeps plugging his tequila brand. <laughs> Television provider Dish Network confirmed that a previous outage was caused by a cybersecurity breach and not, as customers assumed, by a gentle rain. <laughs> well, people are talking about this. Apparently, King Charles is evicting Harry and Meghan from their royal residence in the UK. Ooh. It's a tough break for Harry and Meghan. I mean, nothing hurts more than getting evicted three years after you move out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a Florida woman was arrested last week after she told deputies during a traffic stop she had drugs in her body cavity and removed nearly 11 grams of crystal meth. <laughs> Said the cops, ma'am, we pulled you over for a broken taillight. light. <laughs>